The world's largest automotive dung box aggregator, Stellantis. We're talking Jeep, Fiat, Alpha, Chrysler, Peugeot, Citroën, Opel, Ram, etc. You can smell Stellantis from here. I know I can. And it's export grade too, it really is. Once again, Stellantis has been caught doing Zachary what they do best with Jeep both here and abroad, in two highly entertaining but separate news items. They're nothing if not consistent. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. (laughs) That's cheap, not Jeep. Okay, For buyers here in Australia. Website for that. Obviously, or you could just click the card that's up there now, dude. Just reach up through one of the seven slots in Yo Distinctive Grill. There's a good chap. You can do this. Now, of all the many and varied nuanced flavours of Shit Heap, I find Grand Cherokee to be the most tragically distinctive. Or perhaps AMG. It's a real coin toss. See... Emotionally, I love Grand Cherokee. It looks terrific. Very Jack Bauer. The capability envelope is awesome. It's good to drive in between incidences of intra defecation. And of course, the price is right, especially compared with a Land Cruiser. But at its core, it remains an unreliable, poorly put together shit heap administered by a corporation that views you as little more than a bottomless ATM every time you door darken a dealership with a problem. They truly are cocks. And I'm sure it's quite shocking for owners who were happy with their Jeeps right up to the point the company reaches around and makes its first withdrawal without lubrication. Like, this is invariably keyhole surgery too. They go in through the wallet every time. There are two illustrative dimensions to the character of this colourful organisation. One local and one in Morocco. Both in the news right now. But first, let us table the story I call Australian Jeep Lullaby. Once upon a time, before word got around on just how shit Jeep ownership is, in Australia. As recently as 2018, Jeep sales here plateaued at a stratospheric 30,000 units and change. Sincere apologies to you if you were part of that traumatic tidal wave. Dude, nobody deserves that. Since then, the truth has leaked out incrementally and sales have tanked. Yes. Last year, just over 7,500. So, Only, a somewhat hilarious trip, 75% of the way to the floor of the Mariana Trench. I can't say it's not deserved. In the lead-up to this train wreck, there was also an impossibly hilarious and hugely entertaining cavalcade of alleged scandal and impropriety in 2015, when the American mothership (laughs) detected what I'm sure they contextualised as... Anomalies in the Australian Fiat Chrysler accounts. Uh, 
This was detailed on the 6th of June 2015 in the Age newspaper. The reporter was Mark Hawthorne. It's one of the funniest and most entertaining automotive news reports that I have ever read. It's better even than the US Department of Justice's news release detailing Volkswagen's abject criminality. And that is a dead set side splitter. The Ages report includes alleged triviality such as 800,000 bucks dropped on a Fiat Arbath racing team for senior Australian Fiat Chrysler executives to race in the Bathurst 12-hour. Plus a plane and trips to New Orleans and Rio. Plus, allegedly, and these are all just allegations, okay? I need to be particularly clear on that. A golf and spa holiday in Sheep Shagistan. Vicwegian Racing Club membership for almost a quarter of a million dollars. You know, things of that nature. All laid out in hilarious court documents viewed by Fairfax Media back before it was a division of Costello's Cockheads, the coalition PR agency. These alleged anomalies in the local Jeep accounts catalyzed a comprehensive tantrum back in Detroit. This is an assumption on my part, okay, but how could it be anything else? So, predictably enough, out with the old bosses, in with the new. Plus, of course, a Pan Am 747 full of typically humorless forensic accountants got flown in. Australian office took on the general tone of the morgue, apparently. Allegedly, the new boss had internal whistleblowers queued up over the horizon on his very first day behind the big desk. <laughs> Next. These are all just allegations, okay? But for us ordinary folk lacking access to the bottomless corporate Amex and the full babushka of shell companies over in the Caymans, it's been a bleak couple of years of abject political and corporate incompetence, hasn't it? So we might as well all have a bit of a giggle at the oxygenation of these alleged historic vegetables. Where were we? I really like this one. It's an allegation too. $550,000 for a quote, mobile outdoor floating billboard, which was actually, allegedly, a pretty sweet $400,000 Chris Craft yacht allegedly owned by a company linked to relatives of senior executives. And dude, this is just the tip of the alleged largesse iceberg. It goes on and on and on. In total, the mothership alleged that there were, quote, more than $30 million of contracts signed with companies allegedly related to either the former boss, his wife, former business partners, or other senior executives in the company. One of the execs even allegedly put the home renos on the corporate expenses. Why not? The company Christmas party allegedly cost more than $1 million per year, and then there were the Louis Vuitton handbags, allegedly. <laughs> Make mine a speedy friggin' bandolier, but with the cherry lining, please. Not that friggin' insipid pink, Jesus. 
I was beside myself with grief back then when the lawsuit settled quietly because the potentially quite juicy details never got made public. Damn it. Nothing was ever proved or disproved, at least not to my knowledge, and I'm not being critical for a second because, frankly, I don't give a shit if they did it or not. It's hilarious either way, and I'm not speculating on whether they did or not, just for complete disambiguation. I suspect Detroit formed the somewhat painful view that even if they won, if they saw this through and they won, they'd probably look like a substantial bag of dicks who wouldn't know a set of reins or how to hold one, even if said reins jumped up and bit them on the vegetables, allegedly. How friggin' paradoxically, deliciously pyrrhic. All I can say is, sounds like a hoot of a place to work, doesn't it? But who's got time for customers and sales when you're busy doing all of that, allegedly? I'll put a link to Mark Hawthorne's outstanding report on all of this in the description. That report has been live for several years now, so I'm assuming it's really not actionable legally. It's awesome reading, though. Hashtag Australia. You might even want to wear one of those adult nappies when you read it. It's that good. Apparently not all that much has changed, at least in terms of customer centricity, culture-wise, allegedly. I learned late last week that senior Jeep assholes. no reference to individuals is made, of course, this is just a satirical way of illuminating and personifying questionable corporate conduct. You cocks. It was alleged to me that senior Jeep assholes, as just discussed, they just up and cancelled all established but unbuilt customer orders in the pending tray for Jeep, Grand Cherokee and Wrangler down under. Yes. Just like that, dude. Move over, Mandrake. Magically just cancelled. And bear in mind that some of these people had already been waiting up to ten months for the seven-slot shit heap of their dreams. Now they've been slugged with a 10%-ish price hike if they want to proceed with equivalent model year 22 Jeep shit heaps. And I'd suggest this is a new neat trick for Stellantis Shitsville. Violating a customer before he, she, it or them, they even take delivery. <laughs> and before you say it, yeah, I'm aware that most car sales contracts have a standard subject to list price increase clause in them. But I would say, frankly, that this is an excellent way to make an otherwise patient customer feel properly special, only not in a good way, you dicks. If you are one of these affected people, holding the ashes of your formerly rock-solid contract like a deleted scene from Avengers Infinity War, I'd suggest that this is a warning sign for you. It's karma with a K. It's like Cerberus getting all worked up outside the gates of hell. He's not trying to keep you out, dude. He's trying to prevent a Grand Cherokee from escaping and parking itself in your driveway. All you've got to do is heed the warning. Accept this as a gift. Secure the refund of your deposit 
and run while you still can. Pro tip, don't look back. Now this in American Jeep news. <laughs> 12 days ago, Jeep Shitsville prick teased us with this tantalizingly. Offering a seven seat configuration for the first time in its history, the Jeep Grand Cherokee L is ready to break new ground when it arrives in Australian showrooms mid-2022 by delivering exceptional levels of luxury, comfort, space and functionality while continuing its legacy as the most awarded SUV ever. That is awesome news. Like, dude, where do I sign? Meanwhile, in Murakar, that new shitbox is already on sale, of course, and paragon of consistency, it's already going poopy in its trousers after just days. I don't know how they do it. Jalopnik and The Drive are both reporting Auburn Hills has issued an urgent stop sale order on the latest Grand Cherokee after owners found themselves trying to awaken their new pride and joy only to discover that the vehicles were dead as maggots. Grand Cherokee Zombie Apocalypse 2022. <laughs> Basically, the new Grand Cherokee's key fob just stops talking to the car, like Tiffany when she has a moment. The vehicle erroneously presumes that you are trying to steal it, so it makes like the ACCC and enters a profound state of unconsciousness bordering on brain death. It goes the full SCOMO, in other words. Bushfire mode, quarantine mode, vaccination mode, truth mode. That's just a labour lie mode. We could do this all day, couldn't we? But who has time? The full fucking Snow White, in other words. For most owners, the SCOMOification of their Jeeps is permanent. But for some, it's even worse. Their seven slot shit heaps regain consciousness briefly, only to re-scomo once a glimmer of hope has been re-established in the heart of the owner. So cruel. I guess that's just Jeep's way of saying thanks. My car wouldn't start in the parking garage under my office building in downtown Chicago. That was a long night. A first-hand owner's experience right there, quoted in The Drive from last week. And dude, I'm glad it was just downtown Chicago in summer and not bumfuck North Dakota midwinter, because that could have ended differently, couldn't it? Jeep says it is expediting a fix and, of course, no safety recall is necessary. If you believe that, perhaps I can interest you in a Sydney Harbour Bridge timeshare. One time off a dude, take it or leave it. Or the latest cryptocurrency no-brainer, an unknown and sadly past Nigerian relative whose inheritance you need to claim urgently, a coalition government for the next few years perhaps, or even a gorgeous Russian bride desperately seeking a borderline literate, beer-gutted, beard-stroking, real Aussie man with a caravan and a taste for endless outback adventure.